Okay, welcome to my very first podcast. My name is John Miller. I wanted to share my uh, walk with Christ. I'm 34 years old, and um, about two months ago I found I found the Lord and was able to accept Him in my life as my Savior, my God. And uh, it changed everything. In that instant, my life, as the Fresh Prince will put it, flipped, turned upside down. And uh, all for the better. It wasn't without its struggles, without the pain. But I knew once I found the truth that there was no way I could deny it. And I had to I had to follow the truth. And whatever path that may lead me, I would, I would follow it. I have. Um, backstory here. I grew up in the LDS church, the Latter-day Saint or the Mormon church. Um, mother was a convert. Father's family was not active in the church. Um, mother converted. I was about two years old. So I guess you could say I was born in the LDS church. Um, pardon all the background noise here. It's a nice day, so I'm sitting outside. Um, yeah, so I was born in the church, the LDS church. And uh, pretty much followed all the rules, followed everything I was supposed to do. Went to all the youth activities. Um, did Boy Scouts with the young men's group, Eagle Scout. I mean, I did everything you're supposed to do as a proper Mormon boy. Um, there was always something in my back of my mind that uh, made me feel as though I was inadequate. And that wasn't inadequate of other people. Well, surely there's always that feeling, but it was inadequacy of my God. Like, I would I would never make it. I would never go to heaven because the requirements, the works that are required, the ordinances, the, the rules and regulations that are forced down on you in order to achieve heaven, or as they put it, exaltation, were so severe and so misguided that I always felt an underlying doom um, I was always in the back of my mind. I, when I was 19, I did serve a mission for the LDS Church. Two years of my life, I dedicated to that version of their truth. Um, I've I heard it all. I heard every every argument you could think of, every every derogatory remark. I heard it all, and. Uh, Never really thought much of it, defended my faith, and never really knew why I defended I had a, a quote-unquote testimony. Um, the issue is you're told what to believe, you're told what to feel, and that's what I did. And I didn't question things to the point where it would shake my core, my foundation. Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and he... Surely has shook me to my core the past couple years. My wife and I, my wife Alicia, we uh, were pregnant with our third child, and uh, about 28 weeks he lost his heartbeat. He was stillborn. Um, at that moment, I knew there was something missing in my life. As I sat in the car outside the hospital while my wife slept. The song Keep Making Me by the Sidewalk Prophets came on and uh, in a nutshell states T 
tear me down, break me down so you can build me up. Make me lonely. He does all these things so we can feel him, so we can be with him. And we can't accept him and know what it's like. Because without the darkness, we wouldn't know how truly wonderful the light is. And everything good is of God. And we find joy in the journey. I don't like that anymore. The journey is the joy. I can look back and see he's been here with me all along. So that was the beginning of my journey. It was outside the hospital after our, we lost our son. And uh, for about two years after that, I struggled with feeling him because that's what I was taught. You will feel the spirit. You will feel a still small voice, a comforter. You will feel warm and fuzzy. I always struggled with that because that was what I was always taught. You will feel the Holy Spirit. Well, I know emotions are fickle. And I know if I'm hungry one day, my emotions, I'm going to be cranky. So now if I'm hungry, I can't feel the Spirit. Emotions are unreliable and untrustworthy. So I always had struggle. I always struggled with that. And so many people would get up and say they felt the Spirit and they felt they should do this. And they would just ask God something and they feel they should do, do this. And I always had a problem with that. But I never I never heard otherwise. Two years of missionary, I never heard anything otherwise. Other than you will feel something. And I always struggled with that because I never felt anything. Um, so... A friend challenged me to read in the Bible, and I did. I started reading, and I started reading with the intent to uh, strengthen my foundation and the things I already knew. And uh, I've read the Bible many times, but there are times when the Lord has prepared you in a way in which it seems every verse was written for you personally. And that's how it was for me this time around. As I would read it, I started noticing something and that was that God loves me and he knows me and I started noticing that the things that I was taught by a man growing up were not the things I was reading in the Bible and how I could just be so blinded to this for 33 years just still astonishes me and how our hearts can be so hardened that we can overlook the simple truths. So I was reading with this intent to strengthen my foundation and just have a nice back and forth with a Christian friend of mine. And um, we did, and uh, she asked me, well, how do you know what is true? And I, I repeated what I was taught. That, well, I feel it. And I didn't. At that moment, I realized, I don't feel it. I've never felt it. And I was like, well, I know it. No, I don't know it. Because in the Mormon church, you don't know anything. You can't know anything. Everything is on faith. And that's okay to have faith. But when the very basics of the fundamental principles of your church are based on faith without any way to back it up 
it's hollow, it's empty, and it's lonely. God has given us structure, and He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when I started reading, I started noticing these things that were so wildly different. Um, and then I was reading in Jeremiah, and that's where it all changed for me. Um, in Jeremiah 17, 17 verse 10, you always hear about people, they have a verse and it changes their life. And Well, for me it did. The verse didn't change my life, but it opened my eyes in a way that I could finally see. I could see with my eyes and hear with my ears, finally. In Jeremiah 17, 10, we'll start in 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things. So if the heart is deceitful and I am to feel the truths, how astray must I have been? And then in verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. Incredible. I was trying to feel the Spirit, but I can learn Christ's words. I can learn our Father's words as He spoke them. I can learn the truths. I don't have to feel them. So that's what I did. So I went back to the very basics and thought, okay, in the LDS Church, well, if the Book of Mormon is right, then Joseph Smith had to be a prophet. Well, if he was a prophet, then the Bible has to be right. So it all came back to the Bible, the basic fundamental of Christianity, where it started, right? Okay? So, well, I started in the Bible. Well, I decided I want to eliminate all man and all influence from my walk with God. So what I would do is I would read through the Gospels mainly, and I would read only the words Christ himself spoke or when he was directly quoted. And I found such love and such knowledge of him that so many things aligned to bring me to him. I learned that while the word Trinity I think is lacking I learned what it is, and I learned that my God is my Savior, and that they are one, and the things I was taught before were wrong and hurtful to separate the Father from the Son completely in physical form, and to make them all gods diminishes both of their roles. And then to diminish the atonement by saying that it all happened in the garden of Gethsemane and he bled for our sins from every pore. It was also a bit of truth, but missing the key element, which is love. And there, it's just, it's, it was so frustrating to me to find these things where I was so close for so long and I could feel so abandoned because. I was looking in the complete wrong direction. And so many people would always say, oh, Mormons aren't Christians. And I would take offense to that. Well, we believe in Jesus Christ. How, how were we not Christians? Well, now I understand that they do not believe in the same Christ. 
he is a brother and a completely separate person with a separate body. He's a god, and God the Father is a god. And they are completely separate and not one at all. And then once I was able to realize that they are one, my God, my Savior, and the Holy Spirit, that's when I felt the, the true love that the Father has for all of us. And it was incredibly eye-opening and so wonderful to have such insight. And it seemed like the more I studied, the more every single verse was written for me to read over and over and over again. It was just beautiful. It was wonderful to be able to see him in everything. And while for two years after losing my son, I felt abandoned. And I would get on my knees and pray and bang my fist on the ground. I felt like Job, demanding God to be with me. and Let me feel him. I needed him. I felt like I was alone. And then with all the works that are required to be done in the LDS church, it's easy to feel that way and to feel separated because of sin, because you're not good enough and you have to do things on your own in order to, the, to apply the atonement. Well, once I saw him in my life, I knew he'd been with me all this time. When I lost my son, he was there. When I was pounding my fists on the ground, he was begging for me to turn around and see him. He's been here all along, and he always will be. We must turn our eyes to him. And all that matters, in all of it, <clears throat> is love. I can imagine the whole reason we were created was for love. The reason that we were sent to earth is for love. The reason why we have families is love. The atonement, at one meant, at one with God. The suffering gave up his life for us. The ultimate act of love and sacrifice. Once I relinquished that title of Mormon and put on myself the name of Jesus Christ because I accepted it. I did. I found him. Not because I turned an age, but because I found God, the Father. And while he'd been here with me, my eyes were not turned towards him. And now, for the first time in my life, I am saved. I know that the atonement is enough. That Christ died for us. And there's nothing we can do to separate God's love for us. I know that the atonement is all-encompassing. It states very clearly in James that whether it's not loving your neighbor or committing adultery, every sin is covered. There's nothing we can do on our part, nor is required on our part. And that's what makes it beautiful. 
is love. So this is the first of my podcast. Um, I know that was a lot to handle in the first one there. But I'll continue to make them and share them as I go through my walk with Christ. Um, I'll also share my daily events and things. That It's a quite interesting walk to have a, a Mormon mechanic change saved Christian that uh, owns an auto repair shop with his best friend after 10 years and still best friends. It's been an interesting couple of years, and I'd like to share it with everybody. If anyone can pick up any little tidbit to be able to connect them a little bit closer to the Father, we're all better for it. All right, I hope everyone has a wonderful day. This is John signing off. Okay, if you listen to my first podcast, you'll uh, know a little bit about my conversion story, um, a little bit about the process there. Um, I briefly talked in there about how I began to study the Bible in the New Testament and I began reading Christ's words. Um, What I found in a lot of things was that God, since the beginning of the earth, has given us a pattern. Um, When I say us, I mean men. He's given us a pattern so we can know for ourselves if something is of him. Um, when he's called a prophet, he's always backed up that prophet with another individual or with Christ himself. Um, so I wanted to go back and kind of get this theory going for myself. And one of the things I knew changed directly, and you could see it in the scripture that was uh, touched on over and over again, was the law of Moses. So I wanted to see, okay, well, we knew the law of Moses was there. And we knew that Christ would fulfill it. We wouldn't have to sacrifice animals and we could eat pork and things like that. Um, we knew that that would happen. So how did we know that would happen? So you go back in the Old Testament and we're given this law of Moses. And um, and almost immediately we're told that it will be fulfilled one day. And we won't have to follow that because the ultimate sacrifice will be the Son of God. And he will suffer and be the ultimate sacrifice. We were foretold this would happen. And then we were told over and over and over again this would happen. And then it did happen. And we were told it is happening. And we were told it just happened. So God doesn't just throw laws upon us, throw things at us, even prophets, um, big changes, without telling us these things are going to happen repeatedly and in plain detail as well as parable that these things are going to happen so I found that pattern and I found some comfort in that I said okay this is how God works um, he tells us things are going to happen so we can prove for ourselves and back it up now of course faith is still required but using that we can get the information we need to be able to know if it's of him so that's where I started, was the Law of Moses. And then um, I wanted to back up some other things I'd been taught my entire life growing up in the LDS church. Well, if the Book of Mormon was of him, and if a prophet was to come back to earth, then he would tell us this is going to happen. He's done it since the beginning of time. Um, now, granted, you can pick any single verse out of New or Old Testament and prove a point with a single verse. But if you look at the Law of Moses... And how many times it said that would be fulfilled with the sacrifice of the Son of God, our Savior. 
would think there would be a little more information on there to back that up. But I couldn't find it. I couldn't find anywhere that said that we will have a prophet, the gospel will go away completely, and it will come back again, and there will be another book, and it will be better. No, I couldn't find any of that. So if you can't prove that to be true, or you can't have a testimony in that based on anything other than blind faith alone, would you follow that? Because knowing that God gives us this pattern so we can reassure ourselves and we don't have to act on blind faith. He's giving us, given us knowledge. He's given us life experiences. And most importantly, he's given us our ability and our free agency to be able to choose for ourselves. Making this decision was one of the hardest things I had to do in my life. For those that know me, know that I'm a people pleaser. I don't like to upset people, and I will sacrifice a great deal of my own well-being to make sure others are happy. Well, I knew, once I started finding bits of the truth, I struggled within because I knew the decision was going to come where I had to choose. Do I continue following this? And then my options were, I can find the truth and ignore it, and blindly follow along with what I've been doing knowing that it's not the truth I can follow the truth and God's path for me and trust in him but yet upset many family members that are all LDS many friends that are all LDS and know that they're going to be angry and upset and possibly disown me I chose the latter once you gain a testimony of his word and of him, our God, you can't deny that. And I knew that I had to choose this path. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Because when you grow up in a church and your wife is in that church and still goes there, and her parents and your parents and grandparents and everyone... It's a, uh, it's a very, very difficult decision to make, and we still struggle with it. But one thing I do know is that the Lord works in His time. And seeing how He had a hand in my life and how I can see the joy now in even the darkest of times, I know He was there influencing me, guiding me, and directing me. And there is nothing that we can do as individuals to be able to change someone's mind or give them a real testimony of him. Instead, we can be shepherds and be ready and willing for when that person is ready and be ready to be used and humble ourselves before God and before the other person and before ourselves. So that's what I struggle with. That's what I will continue to work on is being ready when I'm called upon to be there in that moment when I pray so many of my family members are saved and it's hard not to push and push and push but if you're listening with your eyes and seeing with your ears the knowledge will never be there not until you are ready for it and the Lord is the only one that can make you ready for it
So that's podcast number two, just sharing a little bit more about that. And there'll be many more to come. Okay, this is John. Um, welcome back. It's uh, Tuesday, May 28th. I wanted to uh, do a short little uh, podcast here today with y'all. And uh, just a little bit on faith and uh, overcoming the trials. Um, yesterday I said the joy is the journey. And I firmly believe that. Um, I've been studying a lot in James, the book of James. And um, it's hit home a lot. Um, just when you start out, uh, the second verse in the book of James, it uh, states, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet your trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith procures steadfastness. It does. I firmly believe that it does. Um, shortly after I found God, I was tried. My faith was put to the ultimate test. My family members are not of the same faith and within 24 hours I was immediately tested I was pinpoint questioned do you believe this do you believe in the Holy Trinity do you believe that God the Father Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are one and knowing my background if you've read the pre read if you listen to the other podcast you'll know my faith and my upbringing was quite different. And I was never as firm in those 33 years as I was in that first 24 hours of finding him. That when I was pinpoint asked that question, I could stand my ground and say yes. I don't believe. I know. And I know because of his word and the knowledge that he has given me. No one can give, give knowledge to me except him. No one can teach me anything if I'm not willing to learn it myself. We all have to be prepared by the hand of the Lord. You can't force someone to believe in Him. You can't put knowledge into their brain and have them know it is truth. What you can do is listen to God as he inspires you and directs you to help others to be able to listen to their needs and a lot of times it's very difficult and you have no idea what their true needs are um, I was recently in that situation where I tried and tried and tried to resolve someone's issue and I couldn't for the life of me think what it is that's holding this person back what is it and after talking, it was finally revealed. And it was not any... <laughs> I would have had no clue if it wasn't... If they didn't tell me. And I'm not even sure that they knew themselves what it was that was holding them back. But the Lord made that possible and revealed through them what it was that their struggle was. And now that I know, it's my responsibility to be ready when I'm called upon to know the word so that when questions are asked when my testimony is challenged that I will know it with a surety <clears throat> and I will know that all these trials 
or to procure my steadfastness. Um, and James it continues in verse 4, And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. How wonderful would that be? Talk to me, lacking in nothing. Your faith is so strong. I don't think that means to have a perfect knowledge of things. What I think is that means to have a faith that is so strong that no matter what information is revealed to you, that you know that God has and will prepare a way for all of his children. Um, then in uh, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. I, I fully understand that. And he will answer us. And it's not always what we want or how we want. And it's not just a word that pops into our head all the time. It's a friend saying something, a scripture read from someone else. Someone of a different faith saying something they believe in that can guide you and direct you. That's how my journey started. But we all lack wisdom. I don't think there's any of us that have are complete in our faith. That's the wonderful thing about the Word of God is it seems to be constantly adapting to us. It seems to be always current and always relative to me and I think we can all get to that point and we all get to the point where maybe it was at one point but now it just seems like we know everything that's in there and we're just rereading the same things we've read well that's because that's on us and I believe even plain word can be a parable to our lives and that we can find more than one meaning in all of his word. And that if it is good, it is of God. And if you might take something a little bit out of context to help your faith. And start asking questions. But then get back to the root. The, the knowledge that he shared. It's okay to ask questions. It is. Because, just as in James 1.5 said, if any of you lack, lack wisdom, well, if you lack wisdom, what are you to do? You are to ask questions. I don't think God would ever be upset with us for asking questions. Questioning things we know to be true? Yes, I could see that. But seeking more knowledge... And stronger faith in him. I don't think. That we could ever have enough. And that asking questions. And then searching out the answers for ourselves. Independent of any other. In his word. Is the way in which we get closer to him. And as we become closer to him. Everything aligns in our lives. Our relationship with our friends. Our spouses. Our children our parents 
And a lot of times it's difficult, as it is now with me, because my faith is in the Lord, not in a church. My faith is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when others put all their faith in man and in a church and my family, it can make it very difficult to connect with them. And it can be very frustrating at times because you see them struggling. You see it right there in front of them and you can't force them to it. All you can do is make sure that it is ready and is prepared so that when the Lord prepares them and leads them to it, they can see it They've been seeing it in your life, and they can partake of it. So, just my thoughts for the day. Um, a little bit about James. Um, Sunday service has been about James lately, and it's a really good book. I'm talking about his word and how we can know things and we question things, and we put our faith in him. It's a uh, the book of James is really rather good even just the first chapter you can spend days in so my prayer is that God is with us always and that we are always with him and that we will never turn our back to him and that we will never forsake the things we know to be true and that we will always be ready and willing to be his shepherd to be a shepherd for the great shepherd I pray in Jesus name that we all do this and that I myself who struggle a lot with these things will be a better example to my children to my friends and my family and always remember that everyone's watching directly or indirectly and when you take upon yourselves the name of Christ, that you truly do that. I pray that. Alright, y'all have a wonderful evening, and I hope to get back on soon. And if anyone has any thoughts, feel free to email me, jeepizuzu at gmail.com. And uh, I'd love to go back and forth and maybe have a discussion. Seems a little one-sided, I can see that, but... And nevertheless, their email would be good. Some questions, some thoughts, ideas getting rolling. Um, maybe you yourself have a podcast. I'd love to listen to that. So um, please share the Word of God with me, with others, with yourself. Okay, good night.